Dear White People, Volume 4, Episode 1, Chapter 1. This is a show that confronts themes like systemic racism, implicit bias, homophobia, elitism, intolerance, but it also has a soapy nature. It has cheating scandals and pregnancy scares, backstabbings, betrayals, mysteries. Like, what is the order? They mentioned it twice in this episode. I haven't watched too much of the show. I think I've seen a couple clips here and there, but coming into it cold, I did get a little recap at the very beginning, but that went by quick. It was three seasons worth of material, and I just kind of was along for the ride. This episode opens unexpectedly in the future, where we see Lionel Higgins, who is an author, who is a best-selling author. He's written three volumes of The Dear White People, and Sam comes in. She wants a book signing. There's also a lot of, like, futuristic-y kind of jokes stuck in there. Like, we're still wearing masks, but they have weird wires on them that kind of lock to your face. And then every once in a while, because of all the new viruses, the doors lock to every store because uh, a new virus has come out. Do they make any predictions about the future? There's orgasm pills. There's blue Cheetos. It's all goofy. Um, yeah, I know that the creator of this show, he wrote in in 2014 when he was making this show a reference to Donald Trump becoming president. And then he even was able, he put in a virus in his show before the COVID-19 pandemic became a thing. Well, before it was a show, it was a movie. Right, before it was a movie, was it a book? I, I guess, no, it was a movie in 2014. Okay, well, it's a book in this show. So basically, Sam comes in there and she, they're all sort of in the film or entertainment business. So she wants him to make a fourth book so that she can do something with it. I'm not exactly and sure was what. There, did he, was he planning that at all? Yeah, so it... the first three years go through their freshman, uh, sophomore, and junior year. So this is about their senior year. They say volume one was about the fallout of the blackface party. Season two was the all Ivy stuff, so the Ivy League stuff. Uh, volume three was the Moses Brown scandal. And then now we have volume four, which... We have Lionel kind of introduced by saying, well, that's the varsity show. And then cut to its uh, orientation day at the AP house. That's where they all live, kind of like a frat. (laughs) Um, And Troy is there. He's all psyched out because the Winchester's varsity sketch show, which is primarily run by a a white sketch group, um, they they compare to SNL, but better. Uh, They are letting them have it this year. Um, and so they want to make it an all-black 90s musical. So they're heading it. Or okay. Troy does. Troy is, like, trying to pitch everybody to get them on board. Yeah, you know that this was directed by the same person who did all three Pitch Perfect films, right? Is it really? No. <laughs> no, the, the reason I, I asked that, yeah. because this turns into Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist really quickly. Right. This entire episode, and I'm probably the whole season, is, is musical. So you were able to guess it was the whole season. Yeah, people were thinking it was maybe just one episode. But yeah, no, the whole entire season is crafted that way. Two to three songs per episode. It's not really obfuscated at all. Like, they make it pretty clear that it is going to be all season because it seems like it's going to prep. The only hiccup to the whole plan, because they get everybody on board pretty quickly in the next scene, which shows them sort of in the orientation hall. And um, I think it's uh, Lionel Higgins' um, boyfriend, Michael. If I get any of the names wrong, it's not my fault. It's it's the first episode I've ever seen. Anyways, he just walks over to a piano. He's really into the idea. He threw glitter when he heard about it, (laughs) which is incredibly annoying. Never throw glitter inside a house. Yeah, They they did ask him to clean it up (laughs) afterwards, but even then, like, you'll be finding it for days. Um, So, like, he gets behind a piano. It's clear he's not actually playing it because they keep the camera over, which annoys me (laughs) more than it probably should be. Like, I know a lot of these actors and actresses can sing very well, especially the main character. 
character. The main character is a great actress. As smug and arrogant and cocky as she can be about like what she believes in, she's she's really good. Well, she's supposed to be that way, right? Yes, that is. She's playing the role very well, but then also she has a singing number later on, and I was like, wow, she has the chops to actually do this. Her boyfriend, not so much. <laughs> I don't think this show was originally pitched on the idea that they would be doing a pitch perfect well, type season. The thing is, but is they that, are trying to keep it fresh. I feel like because it. So there's a lot of commentary in the show where the writers speak through the characters, which hurts the characters because it, it takes you out of it. But also, like, they make mention. They're like, I wouldn't be talking about this unless, like, a 30-year-old were writing my lines. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, so they just break the fourth wall. I, I, I just emphasized it a little bit more than they actually do it in the show. They hinted at it just a little less than that. But, but it's still the same idea. They And they do that several times. And also, the entire, like, school is... <laughs> is dancing with choreographed numbers and stuff. And you can tell that they're really trying. And then sometimes they try to bash the critics. They're like, oh, this is the fourth one. And you want to know why we didn't do it earlier? Because, and she's, that's when Sam is talking to um, Lionel in the future. And Lionel's trying to explain why no one liked the third third volume. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, there's a couple of things there. One, it did take two years for the show to finally come back after a two-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. The creator of the show always wanted to put musical numbers into the show. He just never found a way that, to actually do it. But when he learned that uh, they were picked up for a fourth and what was going to be their final season, he was like, why not just go all out and put in as much things as we can? Do the characters sing? Is it, is it like a musical, though, where the characters sing? And then no one really addresses it. It just kind of happens. And- no, they're addressing it the whole time. And then when they're like, well, this was very strange that this happened. Sam then is like, you're gay and you're also black. Both groups that are notoriously known for loving just spontaneous singing. But no one like Also, when, when, when his boyfriend just starts playing the piano at the beginning, someone says, anybody know the words? And then suddenly this girl just pipes up in the background. And that's when everybody starts <laughs> grooving and going with the beat. And uh, there was also a little Dickie reference in that same scene. I found that interesting. Um, I didn't mind the singing in the songs. I thought they were okay. They weren't as good as, say, a Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist because that's what that show was built on. Right. But mixing it up, it definitely provided a good contrast. The weaker storylines actually did seem to be the gay storyline because Lionel's relationship with Michael was basically them kind of cuddling with each other all the time. And it felt like it was kind of supposed to be in your face. Like, look what we're doing. Look at how how far we've come with this story. And it, I would have appreciated it more if there was more to the story than just Lionel needing to write the guy's like song for him. Whenever it featured those two, was it just them cuddling in the scene throughout the whole episode? Uh, like they would just find different moments where they would be just flirting with each other, and that's fine. But like, it provides something else with the story, it gives some drama to it. You know, I heard that's the story. They, they, they do break up, I think, at the end because not in this episode, but they hint that they don't last. By oh, the end okay, of from the from the future storyline. Yes, because they're like, I'm not going to ignore that part of my life. <laughs> I heard that the slower parts actually happen in the future. The creator kind of wrote down everything that was going to happen. I think it's 15 years or so that he said um, that's one. They the- look exactly the same. <laughs> they don't even try to age them up at all. It's supposed to look goofy. When I say those masks looked like they literally just had pieces of string pushed across them and then they made some wonky sound effect whenever they unclasped (laughs) them like it was hermetically sealed to their faces or something that's the only innovation they made to the mess 
Um, yeah, there wasn't really any innovation. The clothes look kind of ridiculous. Cosplay, like I said. Um, I did like the Zoom signing because it did seem pretty realistic where people would like just tune in. He would say like, hi to everybody. Who do you want me to sign it to? And then it would just be a DocuSign like signature oh, over right. the internet. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, the future storyline also reminded me a little bit of 13 Reasons Why, where half of the third season talked was was them in um jail kind of like where they were having interviews one-on-one and so it sort of felt like that where they were kind of explaining what was going on in the past and then they would flip back to the past and talk so which one was more interesting i didn't mind the future opening but definitely the past because you actually have stuff moving there were some funny plot points so not only is it school orientation day but it's also career day and in career day our main character sam She's feeling kind of inadequate because she thinks, oh, last season I was able to make, or when I was 21, I was able to sell this documentary to CNN. I should be able to get all these job offers. They end up speaking to Netflix. They end up speaking. So she has all these potential places, but they kind of all blow her off in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she feels really bad by the end of the episode. And then she finds out that part of the house uh, that is going to do the varsity sketch show doesn't actually want to do it and is going to go against Troy. And that's when she figures out that Troy is actually doing the varsity sketch show to get in with the order. And that's where I don't know too much about the order, but it seems like now she wants to do a documentary on that. Is that going to be the driving force of the whole season? Yes, is this varsity sketch show. That's why it's labeled. (laughs) Right, right. But I'm saying the fact that the varsity sketch show isn't actually going to, is it work with Troy? Oh, the the, the drama between the two groups? I think that'll resolve probably in the next couple episodes. Um, (laughs) It's going to be 10 episodes like uh, the other three. But it was funny because the incoming group is like a younger group that didn't grow up with Troy or like they're the freshmen, sophomores. So they think that um, Sam is going to be on their side because they're like, we don't want to do the varsity sketch show. That's primarily always been a white sketch show. Like this is some piece of cake for us. Or, and it was also presented in an ex-slave owner's um, donation. donation yeah. yeah, yeah. And they named the building after someone. So that was like an ex-slave owner. So they don't want to do that. Before we get too far away from it, I also want to point out that Gabe, who apparently dropped out last season from film school, but still sort of attends the school or because he's dating sam he's there he also is attending the work day with her or the career day and but they don't send him to the traditional student uh, career day because he's no longer like taking as many classes so they send him to this different wing and that wing literally has him speak to no one who who's in the industry and he just like sits in front of a tv for a minute and they're gonna send like his they're gonna email blast his clip that he like made to all the other producers and just hope that they would so get back completely to him. isolated oh also john carlo esposito was shown a lot in the previously like i know he's doing the mandalorian and the boys and this and like a ton of yeah, other stuff yeah but he wasn't in this episode at all and my question was is tyler james williams aka chris from everybody hates chris is he in this episode because he would was, i still recognize him at this point i don't know he's he's the who only, does he play uh well i believe he is a recurring character he plays someone different than he was in the film i think he was the main character in the film and then they decided to switch his role for this show interesting we do see reggie a little bit i know he's probably uh, more of a main character yeah people are wondering what but happens he didn't do reggie. much he, he didn't do much in this episode he got like a job offer i think from a tech company everybody was getting successful like job offers except yeah, I mean- for sam so that's why she felt bad. So they all have bright futures ahead. Are you expecting like a tragic ending? Because that's what a lot of critics were saying. That like A tragic ending? The, yeah. There was... Oh, well, I know that they like to mix it up. So like we'll get these episodes where you won't get a lot of plot development from. There won't be like a BLM 
uh, story besides just making fun of it. They, they tend to make a lot of commentary about how white people just like bandwagon yeah. on, onto Black Lives Matter issues. But <laughs> in this episode, there was no like inciting incident that blasts the season into like a different narrative where that that's the only thing we talk about. Like I know in that other season that there's the famous scene where the police pull the gun on one of Sam's friends. And then that like is the overwhelming like premise of the next week. Coco is also in this episode. She's the one who gets the little dicky tickets. It feels like everybody kind of, it was an introduction episode. And with those type of episodes, like we didn't get the same soap value that we, that I'd seen in the previously. There was no one backstabbing. Like all those scenes were probably replaced with dancing numbers, which, <laughs> which is fine. Well, yeah. But like, what was the main, like, I guess, climax of the episode or what was like the thing that you, that... I think the ending note where Lionel agrees to do the story and that that's kind of where we're at. So now he's going to tell us this story but also Sam is going to be very much a part of it. She she accuses him as having stolen her kind of like her plot and stuff, but she wasn't really that mad about it in the future. I guess if the future is real, then yeah, it's going to be a depressing. So, so you think that there's a chance that the future is fake then? I mean, I wasn't really even thinking about it in the terms of like, oh, this is where it has to go now because it was so goofy. Literally, <laughs> they're in this just... Uh, bookstore and it's called like the last bookstore so it's just so this apocalyptic like futuristic world i think that like you're not supposed to put too much seriousness on that you're it's just kind of used as a narrative device and also like i said the characters themselves feel like mouthpieces for the writers in plenty of the scenes where it is just a critique on society and they don't care how people take it. Like, obviously, if they said something so out of bounds, they would have to retract. But they're not afraid to, like, emphasize how much they dislike critics for going after them. Well, like, that's strange because the show has gotten, like, critical, good critical reception. But are they saying it, critics for, like, the race? I think, or? no, no, no. I think critics for, for the beginning part of it. Like, when the show first came out, it got a lot of traction. It was very polarizing. Right, but I think the last few seasons, it's like it's run its course a little bit, and it's it, this is the, just the sense I was getting, and it's kind of just repeating itself at at a certain point. So, so I think that's why the critic reviews haven't been as kind in the later seasons as they had. So they they just need to keep it fresh, and that's well, the, what they're trying to do. Yeah, well, it's it's strange because the first two seasons were it's always been <laughs> liked by critics, but then the, like fans of the show or i guess people that watch the show haven't really liked it that much the third season they did find it different the quality. audience reviews haven't audience. been as high yeah exactly. and like i said this the main character plays such a sort of if it was any other topic that you're talking about and they came in there with such kind of uh veracity or like um what, what's the word like strength of confidence you would kind of dislike them right right yeah i wanted to point out that in the interviews that she was having they started describing how shows like i'm positive that a lot of these writers went through those experiences when pitching shows to these people because there was like one guy who was on his phone the whole time who was kind of just like nodding while she was talking the other person who just was trying to flirt with her but also like sounded like he knew her her so subject actually, pretty well so they and then actually. someone who completely like mistook which person she was talking to like she thought she was talking to someone who had done like some um inner city pregnancy of an african-american that was nothing to do with her but story from last year actually trying to like buy the the show no she was really into this other she just mistook who she was talking to it uh, wasn't okay. sam that she was meaning to speak to yeah lionel's character talks to troy kind of just on the down low while his boyfriend's playing the piano in the background being like 
hey, about the order thing. And he's like, shh, shh. And then later on, when Sam talks to Troy directly, and is like, hey, some of these people aren't so big on this varsity show. So what's the deal here? Is this have to do with the order? And so it feels like the order is like some secret society that they're trying to get into, if I had to guess. Um, maybe I'm completely off base. Maybe it's some conspiracy that like um, once they break it, it's it's like some but it's, it's, racist society that they're, they're trying to crack into or something. I don't know. But when they say the order, it's like senior year, right? So you're not talking about like something that's happening at the college. Well, isn't there a about... movie called The Order about some sort of secret society? I, that's, I, that's what I'm probably getting it from. But it, I think that's a thriller. I think that turns into people dying at the end. <laughs> So that would be an interesting twist to this whole thing. Well, but, people were wondering. People were wondering if that's possibly where the main character is heading towards. That's kind of the tragic ending that I was talking but about. But the before. tragic ending I'm seeing in that sense would be like her act, her activism getting her killed or something like that, and she becoming a martyr. But I just don't see that. This is this show is in at least this episode was super light. Like her boyfriend was singing her a proclaimer song about walking 500 miles for her. But didn't she cheat on her boyfriend? I thought I saw that in the previously too. The show as a whole is very entertaining, but you got to set aside the fact that like the writers might try to insult you at some point if you're not <laughs> African-American. And if you, if, even if you are, I think they do put the magnifying glass on themselves sometimes and just like they, they're not afraid to insult people. <laughs> so, yeah, well, one of, my, one of my favorite things that I learned from the Reddit post was that they did Bye Bye Bye, which is an in-sync song for this I know season. what Bye 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 But, is. like, my question is, like, especially because the creator said that he wanted to do this 90s type of R&B. R&B, yeah. because that was a very formative time for African-American music and, and kind of, And like, they do basically say that here, yeah. But but doing Bye 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 and NSYNC song, that doesn't seem like that's going along It also doesn't really lines. have anything to do with the sketch show, right? Because the sketch show, I don't think of musical usually. Like, SNL, when they compared it to that and then said, but we're going to do an R&B, like, I've never seen SNL really do, besides maybe the Lobster song that they like to do. Well, they also did the digital shorts. Oh, Okay. But I don't, I don't think this is going to be like a digital short. It's going to be like a play almost. I don't know why they just don't call it the varsity play. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't think it would be as popular. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Is Winchester a real school? Do you know? I'm not sure. But it's supposed to be like Juilliard, right? That's at least the vibe I was getting when I was doing like reviews for well, it. Well, the so. Netflix guy called it Whitechester and said he could say that because he went there and he was African-American. And the people that we follow are mostly African-American. So I think that was like the crux of the first season where like she started a podcast or, or a radio station or something Yeah, no, I think where yeah. she was trying to teach the school and change the culture. And, and she takes credit for it. She's like, I really am famous at this school and I want to just branch out and do something else. Yeah, I can kind of see where like the confidence that you're talking about. Can, like, but she got less and less confident the more she said that because everybody kept passing on her for different reasons. So well, yeah, in, I mean, the, in that way, she is very sympathetic as a character. Overall, one through ten, before I say what like this show and season is. Kind of oh, this episode. So as a whole, I can see myself not being a huge fan of the show and like watching throughout. But for this episode, I didn't mind it, and I thought it was a seven. seven? I'll give it a seven. Yeah, it, that's that's pretty pretty good for for what I went in there thinking, which was that this is the fourth season of a show that's sort of saying the same thing, but. But it did a, it kept it fresh. It sh showed me a future, which I was not expecting. So for the gimmick of that, I think I'm going to elevate my rating to keep it at a 7 for now. The show overall is a 6.2 on IMDb. The first three seasons have, I'd say, all around like 200 reviews. The highest one I could find was a 6.2 episode. 
Um, and then this this fourth season just came out, so I'd say like it probably had around twenty views, uh, twenty reviews. However, the, the the first episode was the highest rated with a five point two. Everything else was like in the threes or so. And the fourth season, but this does seem like the type of show, especially with dear white people, like it's like we're gonna tell you um, that that it might get trash bombed. Like people might go onto the review boards and just hit the one star, not even watch an episode. I'm not saying that there's anything special about the narrative that you have to watch this episode for, but with the future gimmick and uh, the music that's interspliced and some of the jokes between the characters, um, even with the narrators or the writer speaking through them, you did get a good sense of who they were or who they were playing. And so, I, I mean, for someone who just walked in there for first episode, it definitely didn't deserve a 5.2 or anything. Well, yeah, I think that a lot of the reviews come from people that really that have seen the first three seasons because people, when I said that, like, uh, people were wondering if it was just one episode, I read a lot of comments that were like, oh, I was hoping that this gimmick was just one episode for the musical, but it ends up, and they weren't a big fan that lasted throughout the whole entire season. Also, they said the future storyline didn't provide much input to the actual story. Absolutely like, not. No. Oh, it was completely a gimmick like i agree 100 with that it didn't add anything to it but it did make for good entertainment to me i mean because it, it was so bad like they didn't even try <laughs> they they tried like the masks were so bad like it literally looked like they just went to the costume department grabbed something off the floor and just threw it on their face it was it was horrible but i thought that was the joke <laughs> so well, I was yeah. I was fine with it. The, the fourth <laughs> season doesn't have any reviews on Ron Tomatoes or any uh, percentage yet, but it did have one tomato from Mashable, which said that it wasn't the best season of Dear White People, but it does have like a satisfactory ending. Mm-hmm. I won't so, be watching the full season. Okay, you know that. Yeah, that all answered right. it then. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Is that all you had? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.